1: PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? A muggle, mm-hmm. film guy, partner in Z Dog Industries. Today we wanted to do a tribe talk, which we haven't done in a while. And actually, if you uh, if you poke your head in, we have Logan here, just in case we need an insane viewpoint. <laughs> just you'll just see a beard show up and he'll be like, Corn! And then he'll <laughs> he'll peel back out. So you know, we we wanted to talk today a little bit more kind of conversationally and frankly about This whole piece that we did over the weekend that kind of went weirdly viral about the Baltimore patient dumping video. So if you guys recall, it was that video where the uh, young lady was left on the corner in the cold in a gown with really nothing, and it provoked outrage around the country, and I did a piece saying, well, here's the other side of that. Here's what might have been going on within the walls of the hospital and our bigger systemic issues, and wrote a piece on Medium that we put up today that's kind of also getting a lot of uh, reads and generating controversy. Yes. And Tom and I were talking about it, and... We realized, first of all, what, okay, you can ask a lot of hypotheticals and all that. And by the way, those of you who read between the lines understand the nature of the hypotheticals that I put in that piece uh, as a healthcare professional <clears throat> unable to violate HIPAA. If, if you're looking at the system here, how did our system fail this woman? Should we blame the hospital? Do we blame the doctors? Do we blame the security guards? Or can we look at a larger picture and go, how have we been dealing with mental health in this country? Does it make sense? Where does personal responsibility lie in this? Where does uh, our responsibility to our fellow citizens lie? Where is the healthcare system interfaced with all this in a country, America, that spends less on the social determinants of health than other countries in the developed world, but more on healthcare? And the question is, is that a good equation for us? So, Tom, you have Opinions about this because you grew up with mental illness sort of pervading your life, right? That's right. Yeah, because you're crazy. Well, I told you when I yeah There's also that but no apart from Tom's
1: you own got to be crazy Tom's to put all your money in Bitcoin people <laughs> You gotta be but it's paying off. You really do Don't tell anybody. He's a big um, Don't yeah. tell the IRS. Yeah, well when I was you know when I, I when I watched the video I had a very uh, almost like a I had no reaction to it because that woman in the video reminds me exactly of my mother she's like a young black version of my mother Uh, same body type same affect probably the same illness and so I have seen that image is seared in my brain of my mother in the hospital gown being kicked out or being outside the facility you know or even inside the facility it's it and just it's loosely fitting there's no clothes underneath she's in a catatonic state so I know exactly what it is to be the family member of that patient. Wow,
0: the wow, and the, and but you were, this has been most of your life that this is yeah. on. So here's a question though: what What's the difference between your mom's situation, where she's on the street in a similar look, right. and this young lady in the video, Rebecca? Well, this is the big thing: is like I was, you know, for me,
1: I I skew heavily conservative in my thought process. Because the way we dealt with this in my family was uh, my father never divorced my mother, no matter how severely mentally ill she became. So for 30 years he put up with behavior that was insanely erratic and I, nobody would have put up with it. I wouldn't have put up with it. I would have, been, I would have divorced because I'm a weaker person than he is. Um, and in our family, you know, we just looked out for her and made sure there were, that we were on top of her, on top of her medications, on top of what she needed to be doing. Like So in my mind, when I think about this, I think family is the only thing that makes the difference between having this woman be out on the street and having this woman be inside where she's cared for. Hmm. So it it literally just takes one family member, in well, my opinion. But I do understand that there's a... Or from my point of view. Well, no, I mean, and that's valid. I do understand that there are people that don't even have one family member
0: well, so here's to care a, for them. What if you have a family, but they're so... Uh disadvantage and part of the part of the right you know economically uh, socially whatever what have you part of the problem is then they don't have the resources to to manage a loved one with mental illness and so they have to rely on the social system which of course as we know is, is right. minimal yeah. well for instance my grandfather
1: was uh, my, my grandmother was poor uh, she lived in the Bay Area before the real estate there she was a millionaire when she died but only because in the last 10 years of the her life, estate. her house suddenly was worth a lot of money. Yeah. But she was poor her whole life and lived on some level of government assistance. And my grandfather had schizophrenia and lived in Golden Gate Park. Wow. Right? For most, most of his, much of his life. So he was homeless for a long time. He's the guy who used to walk on foot across the country. Yeah, he would do this thing where he would walk from uh, San Francisco to Buffalo, New York. And he did that pilgrimage Six or seven times throughout his lifetime. Wow, which is a feat.
0: That is to a feat to I'm, I'm sure he hitchhiked some of it, but so there's, there's this pervasive sort of uh, mental illness on your mom's side of the family.
1: Yeah. Like. So yes. there was there was an example where you know my grandmother didn't have the time resources or. Inclination to take care of my grandfather, who began to suffer from late life late, late life schizophrenia, mm. but my father was a lawyer and is sort of an upstanding guy, and was like, "I'm not going to let my mother basically fall through the cracks." You know what I mean? So here's a question. And when I so when I do see that young woman in Baltimore, I just think there's no one for her that, that's looking out for her.
0: So here's a question: Is it obligate on us as an advanced society to be? the support for someone like her who has no other resource to do it? In other words, give them the same opportunity that maybe your mom had because your dad was, A, morally upstanding, be financially able to support. Um, or is it that's not a responsibility of government and society to do? Because here's the problem that right. I see. that When you fail to do that as a society, and I'm not going to take a stand one way or another right now, I'm going to say when you fail, where does that money and cost come it comes from our healthcare system, and that's why I think one of the big reasons we spend more in the U.S. on healthcare because we spend less on the social determinants of health. Not that we don't spend a right. lot, and a lot of it may be wasteful and 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 ill thought out how we do it. But we don't. We're not like Europe in that sense. We we medicalize social problems, and uh, and we socialize medical problems. Right. So you know, or, or the, the other way around. Um, uh, uh. Actually, let me think about that. What we do is we take our social problems and we medicalize them. Yes. And 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 the problem with that is it's incredibly expensive to bandage up mental. Well, I know you're not wrong.
1: We take our medical problems and we socialize them also because, like, I mean, the the biggest uh, mental health uh, hospital in the country is Cook County in Chicago, which is a prison, right? So it's like the prisons have become the mental hospitals. Oh,
0: that's interesting. You know what I mean? And now the hospitals
1: have become the mental hospitals also. So, you know, if you're slammed with, like, a bunch of people that have this flu epidemic that's going on this year, you're slammed, and this woman is being super unruly, probably, or, you know, is causing a scene. And they're listen mentally ill people are super hard to deal with, all right? It's goddamn near impossible to deal with them. As a family member, you're saying? As anybody. You can't get them to do what you want. They won't listen to reason. They're hard to cajole. I mean, it's like—it's impossible. Even the cops can't—nobody can deal with them, right? Like— I've seen my mother take down grown men, Mm. police officers, punch them in the face and take them to the ground. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very hard and she's
0: otherwise unassuming but when she's in a manic state. Right, right, right. But with treatment, that state can wax right back to a very cogent, clear-thinking state for periods of time. Well, that's
1: why there's the 72-hour hold, right? Right, right,
0: right, right. You know,
1: because it takes that that amount of time sometimes to get them back on.
0: And that gets to the point of this story. A lot of people are saying, well, it was clear this young lady was uh, gravely disabled or a danger to herself or what have you, but it's not. What you see in that snapshot could be very different than what the healthcare professionals actually saw in the setting of the emergency department. And so that evaluation can wax and wane and change over time. So it's difficult to be an armchair psychiatrist based on some minutes of videotape. And that's why I think we really do need it, it. The problem is you would say, well, let's dig into what exactly happens. The hospital's doing an investigation of this particular case. But remember that we're very much the bias here is on believing the video because the hospital's never going to be able to tell its side of the story. The staff on the front lines aren't going to be able to tell their side of the story because of HIPAA, because of patient privacy, which is why I wrote that piece and did that video, because I feel like that side of the story does need to be told, even in the abstract. Because, again, when you medicalize your social problems. It means we're taking care of them instead of the broader society and all of that. It's more expensive, it's right. harder on staff, we burn out, we don't have the resources. Whereas in Europe, they really do, they, they socialize their medical problems. And I can tell Logan's switching because I said cool. socialism. <laughs> uh, they socialize their medical problems. So they say, no, these medical problems are actually all of society's deal, but we're also going to provide safety nets and all these other things. Now that now here, you can make the argument that that couldn't scale to the US. The US is geographically much bigger, it's much more diverse. In Europe, the distances are smaller, you have less of the, the sort of rural stuff that we have here. It's very, very uh, difficult, Mrs. Dog is texting, whether we're going to go out to eat or... Uh, Do you want tofu for dinner? Gross. No. <laughs> I'll answer tofu's fine. A, Nothing wrong with it. What happened to all the psychiatric hospitals in the U.S.? What happened to all the psychiatric hospitals in the U.S.? Uh, the Ronald happened. Reagan happened. Ronald Reagan <laughs> happened, and uh, one of the big things in the 80s was to kind of shut down a lot of the state-funded uh, uh, mental hospitals.
1: These facilities did have a lot of problems, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that's why they got shut down. Everybody read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. there's, there's and was like, oh, we can't yeah. have nurse ratchets running everything. There's
0: pros and cons, but now what you've done is you've allowed mental illness to be shifted to the streets where the homeless population, and surges, and we all know that most people with homelessness have some form of mental illness. Mm-hmm. It's very hard in this country to be homeless without having mental illness. It's not impossible. There are plenty of people with that, and I don't want to discount that as a possibility, right. especially medical bankruptcies leading to homelessness, <laughs> which if medical bankruptcy is the number one cause of bankruptcy in the U.S. personal bankruptcy. So, but, but. With this situation now, you have shifted this population's care. Yeah, you have Catholic charities and you have different things like that. But then you have the healthcare system. Now you build a beautiful, gleaming, air-conditioned, heated facility with drugs and care and attention in the heart of what's otherwise a demilitarized zone, and then you expect that people aren't going to take advantage of that to find shelter and 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 some and, and game the system. You, you're right. going. You, you would criticize them if they didn't. Because they're not taking advantage of this big resource, is that how we should be caring for people and then letting the rest slip through the cracks? And then people who legitimately have emergencies, who are paying for insurance and all that, have to wait in the ER forever, and that, that's what's going on in the U.S. Yeah, uh, but but see what what I think what's harmful about that video is not only that you know that it exploits this young woman potentially, you know, uh, but but really it, what's harmful is that it shifts blame to this hospital, which has blame to be shifted, but it's missing the bigger point, which is we're not addressing the root cause of this, which is we spend three trillion on the healthcare, which is that downstream Band-Aid, but we're missing everything before it that could have prevented that woman from ever needing hospitalization in the first place.
1: Well, put it like this before you get there. <clears throat> How hard are you gonna go after this one hospital when you know, as an American citizen, that you've been in an urban environment before and you've seen a homeless person in a hospital gown? 100%, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh they're getting discharged to street because there's nowhere to put them. And why is there nowhere to put them?
0: Because we don't take care of mental illness on a societal level in this country. How do you, well, and it's, here's the thing too.
1: It's Herculean. It's it's, it's a huge impossible task. to take care of
0: mental illness. Nobody knows what causes mental illness. Nobody has any solutions for mental illness. You know what? I think what's interesting is that may be what you deeply intuitively believe, having lived with a loved one with mental illness for so long. Seve- I should use the word severe, severe mental, mental illness. illness. It's there not-
1: is no fix for severe mental illness. Well, so- there, there are fixes with medication for other illnesses like bipolar or
0: depression. Anxiety, so, disorder. so so I might say, as a healthier, no you, don't, you don't cure it, but you can definitely manage it, and people can lead productive or at least non destructive lives with therapy, medication, support, social services, etc. Now, and, and for you, everyone
1: who's not severe, I would agree.
0: But what about your mom, though? You don't think that she, she's severe, her quality
1: of life is terrible, and uh, do you know
0: that for a fact?
1: I, I assume that for a fact. Mm. I mean, from the outside, it looks terrible.
0: Mm, but are we, I mean, again, it's tough to know what her internal state is. It's be, it'd be tough to know, but, you know, I don't think it's very good. So Me the, personally. But, so then what what would you propose? Would you abandon people with severe mental illness to institutions, or would you fi- try to spend more money on research? Would you try to explore Cocktails and treatment options that might work. It's so
1: hard, man. Yeah.
0: I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah.
1: This is a personal belief of mine. I don't think that being in urban environments is good for people with mental illness. That's interesting. I think that mental, like, if we were going to set up mental hospitals in this country, I think they should all be in rural areas. 100%. Because now, I think the kinetic energy of a place, like, you know, just me, who's mentally sane, allegedly. When I I was in New York City, there's this vibe. There's too much energy coming in. right? And it's often sometimes hard to block it out. So what do you do? You get up, you go out, you get a coffee, you do whatever, you know what I mean? Right.
0: So if, al- if you're having too much sensory input, maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know. I'm not a neuroscientist. Well, you and I would agree personally. The question is, are we projecting yeah. our own um, biases against, against human populations onto people with mental illness? I
1: just think what could it hurt to put the hospitals out in the country if well, you were so, going to restart mental hospitals? So
0: NAPA Napa had a version of that. Right. You know, and, and so there are ways to do it. The, the, here's the question, though. We don't have the political will because these... In order to, to, to do this, you have to spend money up front. You don't yep. see recovery of that money for a decade because you're preventing disease, you're keeping people off the street, they're not then trickling into the healthcare system, we're saving Medicare and Medicaid dollars. But that's gonna take years, well beyond the cycle of the elected official, which is why they are so cowardly when it comes to doing this because you're spending the commons money now to see a benefit that's years down the line, that also we don't have data, we don't have great data to show.
1: Somebody said you hard can study. Somebody said you can treat um, mental illness with long-lasting injectable antipsychotics. Which my mother is on, uh, sparridon, I think is the one. Pretty much the heaviest dose you can be on, and it does tamp down her manic and uh, depressive tendencies, but it basically just is making her like a zombie. It's like a, just a total zombie. Mm. So well, well,
0: no one's gonna argue that we don't have uh, we don't have good medicine, great treatments for a lot of stuff. But we do have treatments, and the thing is, in the old days, it would have just been a lobotomy, uh, yeah, or or institutionalization forever. Do you remember, you remember
1: the the doctor who pulled out all his patient's teeth? I don't remember that. He thought that uh, gum disease caused mental illness. So he pulled out all his patients' teeth, and then he pulled out all his own teeth. So it lets you know where he was where at. Where he was
0: coming from. He's yeah. got like the Morgellons, like delusional parasitosis. This was in the uh, early 1900s. Or he's or just like Mercola, just a straight quack trying to make money on the backs of people's hopes and fears Could have been about that too. illness uh, unbased in science. So, Give you a perfect example of like, how we treat, how
1: a lot of families in America treat the mental ill. Do you know um, the story of Rose Kennedy? Think Rose
0: her name Kennedy, was Kennedy.
1: Rose. Is right. the Mom, the grand matriarch, or? no? No, this was so. John and uh, John John F. Kennedy had a sister. I think oh, yeah. I believe her name was Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like just basically an unruly young girl uh, who may or may not have had bipolar too. Right. And they had her lobotomized, and then they kept her in that's a, right yeah. facility for the rest so. of her life. So we can, we can which talk. is what we do as a society to mental people yeah, yeah. I'm so, talking about one family, but like they they used to shove them away in a corner
0: and that's how it, it used to be like that much so, worse I think than it is now it now they live on this. So how do you fix it without resorting on that Logan ass and, and here's the thing we can and a psychiatrist in the audience, understand that these my mom would say the same thing these are treatable things we're not perfect but we can get people to a level of life but they need all this support like any case manager any social worker anybody working in psych emergency services knows that there's and, and every time i used to uh, rotate through there as a medical student immediately i get plugged in and realize man it's not just the people in this room it's this huge network of people right. that happens and one of the big words that social workers case managers use is liaise which I didn't even know was a word. No. So I liaised with this person. I liaised with that person because you have to form the connections so that you build a support network around the person that you're dealing with. And this is what we're missing is we don't have a broader societal way of doing that. We, we medicalize all of it. Now, we, we, can agree, we can disagree politically what the best thing is to do, but I think we could say... If resources could be effectively deployed in a societal way to actually take care of these things, you would pull it off the plate of the healthcare system, which could then focus on what it does well, which is treating disease. It doesn't do prevention really well. You could focus that money somewhere else. And $3 trillion, that's a lot of waste, and treating the downstream causes of things that could have been prevented. I think almost nobody would disagree that that's the case. Um, the question is, what, what do you do about it? Now Europe they, they, they treat it very differently, you know. They again they they socialize their medical problems and they uh, uh, you know they, they um sorry, uh, they um they me- what am i trying to say? I keep getting they're this socialists. backwards. They they're socialists, they're communists. No. They actually <laughs> treat their social pro- their their social problems socially instead of medically. Is what i'm trying to say. And in the U.S., we really do do that backwards. And if you look at the data on spend, we spend less on social determinants of health and prevention and those kind of things than the European nations do. Now, again, there's plenty of reasons why that might be that aren't just that they're right and we're wrong. It might be that we just have a different environment here, different milieu. Even Australia isn't like us. They're geographically big, but their population's small and fairly homogenous.
1: Well, we also have this sort of, uh, these political ideologies that create this sort of you know, uh, litigious culture where it's very hard to get somebody who needs drugs on drugs. Yeah. It's impossible.
0: One of the things that... The, Especially
1: if you're going through proper legal channels,
0: it, That's very true. You have to get conservatorship, and then you have to go through this, and you have to go that. And, and it's to, hard to get conservatorship. So I'm struggling with with people, you know, I know people who have delusional disorder, and it's very damaging, but you can't get them on medications. And the nature of delusional disorder is they don't believe they're delusional. That's the nature of the delusion. It's a mistaken fixed belief. They have no insight into it. Everything else may be fine. So how do you get them to take the antipsychotics or whatever you need to get them through that? Well, you can't unless you take draconian medicine. You have to slip it in there, Z. You have to slip it in there, which is what my mom was telling me. She was like, you know, in India, we would just slip in a little liquid Haldol into the tea and then boom. And yes, that's unethical uh, nowadays. And it's also a legal disaster if you you yeah, you're gonna get sued so, so we, we
1: would have to in my family we would always have to wait until my mother did something where she would get herself arrested which oh. wasn't very long to wait honestly wow. if, if she was off her medication wow because there was just no legal channel to force her to without drugging her so we, we would wait she would crash her car into a telephone pole take a swing at a police officer something like that then you get her on a hold then you can get her the drugs she needs but even still once you go through that process it's almost impossible to get a conservatorship even with the person under an l2k yeah you know which is
0: nevada's 5150,
1: mm-hmm. 72 hour hold yeah <sighs> it's hard it's hard and there's no easy answers to the issue and if you're if you're saying that the hospital is 100 percent to blame and how dare they throw this mentally ill woman out on the street like You just straight up don't know what it's like to deal with mentally (laughs) ill people.
0: And what I'll say is I think we really have to look at this from a bigger picture. Yeah, it was uh, not a good dispo for that lady, to say the least. And the question is, were the security guards partially to blame? What was going on? What happened in that hospital that led her to be uh, tossed out like that? But I think the bigger picture is we see it all the time. It's part of a symptom of a bigger problem. This should raise awareness about what that bigger problem is and start the discussions. And we need to hold our politicians accountable in to longer term actions and it's hard because that's not the way it works. It's just like business in this country. It's not like you know health insurers care about anything beyond the next couple quarters because that's what affects their stock price in the, in the short run and that's what they're all paid on. Why can't we ma- we change that thinking to be more long term, more holistic? and? Uh, it's going to require all of us to stand up and the thing is healthcare people have to lead they have to lead this and we've kind of stepped back and abrogated this to others which because we have this acquired sense of inertia because we are devalued every day we're beaten down a story like this comes out and we're accused of lack of compassion it's like son we've been doing this when no one else will with no resources no support no thanks nothing so now it's time we stand up and say, "Okay, well, we're going to stop just bitching about it, but we're going to try to actually affect meaningful change." So that's part of what we're trying to inspire here. Uh, and I would say, I would say the last thing I would say is, it's great to think about these
1: large uh, systems and you know, asking, you know, like raising political will to get this done and making things the way they should be in some utopian version of society. But right now, it's all bullshit. And the only people that can help the mentally ill are their friends and family. So. If you do know somebody who's mentally ill, you need to go the extra mile if you care about that person. If you don't, just wash your hands a bit and walk away.
0: I think that's a good way to end this, Tom Hineber. Thank you for the call to action in the short term and the long term z We know what to do. We just don't know how to do it yet. We'll get there. And uh, we're going to try to help. All right, guys. We love you. We out.